Hey, welcome to the First Two Entrepreneurs podcast, where we feature first responders that are also entrepreneurs or running business on the side. We are here to showcase these businesses, but also talk about the difficulties running a business while being a first responder. My name is Ryan Ballard, and I'm your host. All right. In today's show, I am super excited to welcome Dave Catterell from Downers Grove CPR. Dave's also a full-time career fireman up in Glenview, uh, just north of Chicago. Uh, super happy to have you on, Dave. Welcome. I appreciate you having me. Absolutely. Um, so I see you own Downers Grove CPR. Uh, how long have you been in business? So we started... Uh, just putting our toe in the water uh, back in 2014, um, and it did not it, it did not start off as starting a second business uh, or second career, if you want to call it that. Um, it just started off as teaching a couple of friends and family uh, some CPR. Awesome. Um, when did it when did it mold into what it is today? So. It's like I said, it started off just friends and family. Everybody um, started finding out that I was able to instruct CPR classes. So they'd say, Oh, I was interested. I was interested. Uh, and everything that we were doing was from the American Heart Association. And the AHA has the ability to post your classes on their website. So Joe, um, John Doe goes into AHA website to find a class looks in a certain area, finds me, signs up for my class. So I could get people to recognize that my classes are out there. Um, and my wife owns a body studio. So I took a little piece of her studio, a little, it probably was like a 10 by 10, 10 by 12 room that was hardly ever used. Yeah. I would lug all of my equipment up to the third floor of this building every time we had a class and just taught two to three people at a time. And it just started progressing from there. She moved to a larger facility. I had a little bit more room. was able to start maxing out my classes at eight people. And finally, she said, you know what? You're uh, you're here a lot. Why don't you go find your own place? And uh, <laughs> found my own studio uh, in Downers Grove on Ogden Avenue. And I was there for, shoot, five to six years. Um, just continually growing, word of mouth. Um and then finally moved into this facility, which allows me to have uh, much more room. In fact, I'm still doing the whole COVID protocols with making sure people are far enough away from each other and nobody's sharing any equipment. Um, but if things ever go back to pre-COVID levels, uh, we could probably host to 16 people in this uh, facility. So just keeps on growing. That's awesome. Good to hear. Where's the new facility at? Say, is it still in Otter's Grove? It is still in Downers Grove. We're right by the Fairview Burlington Northern Railroad Track Station. So uh, cross streets of Fairview and Burlington. Um, it's a little side street, but the tr railroad tracks, the Burlington Northern Railroad Tracks in Fairview. So 5021 Fairview. Very cool. Very cool. Um, how many, do you have any employees now? How many, because I know you got to have an instructor to student ratio, so I wasn't sure if you had right. any on, the, uh, on staff. So as we've grown more, I've gotten a couple other instructors involved. Um, initially, obviously, it was just me teaching classes. And then our uh, clients were always asking for ACLS and PALS. 
And I knew one of our firemen in Glenview was an ACLS and PALS instructor. I asked him if he wanted to join us and uh, he started offering those two classes for us. Um, but as we've continued to grow and people ask us to go out and do on-site training, I still want to offer training here. So I brought in a couple other firemen, uh, one from Glenview, one from Downers Grove, um, and a couple other people here and there. Uh, but they just fill in where we need to. Um, yeah. awesome. Basically how it works. Cool. Very cool. Um, do you... Tell me about the the clientele. Is it do you do it for other fire departments? Do you do it for uh, just businesses? How do you how do you go about that? Uh, most of our clients are uh, coming to our facility. As far as the numbers are concerned, uh, a lot of times those are the students who are entering nursing school. They're entering some kind of schooling that requires them to have their certification or you have the nurses and doctors who missed their certification training at their facility so they come to us um, i also offer uh, community cpr so it's not a certification but you're learning everything that say the layperson certification class does i offer that and i gear it towards the new parents and grandparents so it's our infant child friends and family CPR AED course. Um, that is always a popular class. Unfortunately, I, I can't offer it as much as I want to with our schedule and work and, you know, evenings, the wife wants you to be home. Right. Yep. Um, but as far as like going out to facilities, lots of offices, um, warehouses, you know, people in the you know, industrial areas, um, the hardest classes that we have or the hardest clients that we have is when people contact us after a cardiac event has happened. And you have to talk to all the coworkers of the deceased who could have done something had they had some kind of training prior to. Mm -hmm. um, unfortunately, my industry is kind of an insurance policy for the people who learn it outside of their career. So, you know, again, the lay person, um, they don't think about it until it's too late. And 100%. unfortunately, unfortunately, that's usually not a good outcome, right? Yeah. Um, we try and stress to our clients that this is no way, shape, or form a guarantee the person is going to survive, but it's going to give them that best chance of survival. Oh, God, yeah. I mean, you and I have probably read very, very similar studies about um, the effectiveness of early CPR and early defibrillation. Um, and I think it's super important to to get that out to the general public. I, I really like the, um, the community aspect to it. Like the, the, the new grandparents, new parents, uh, babysitters. I mean, that's something that I was looking for personally when we were looking for a babysitter, I wanted the babysitter to be certified in CPR or at least have that training because I, you know, I, I know, I know our job, right? So we, we come right. across this, you know, quite often. And if I could have that extra added um, layer of comfort, knowing that the the babysitter is going to be trained in some way, shape or form to combat that, uh, you know, that type of medical emergency. I think that class is really cool that you're putting on. Absolutely. So that's a CPR aspect of it. Um, and don't let me forget to come back to a previous a uh, client of mine that took that class, but uh, added to that particular class, we are going to be adding a 
actual babysitters class. It's through the um, Health Safety Institute. Um, so it's a, it's a certification class where that younger teenage uh, group that would be babysitting yeah. can come and learn all the aspects of basic babysitting skills. So um, that's something that we, we want to start putting on. I just got the program, but uh, fortunately we've been busy and I haven't been able to really <laughs> dive into it much, but that's something I do want to add to our uh, curriculum is our babysitter classes. But um, going back to that friends and family, we yeah. did get contacted earlier this year by uh, a family who gave birth to some premature twins late last year. I believe they took my class in August, but the babies were due in like September, October. Mm -hmm. uh, preemies, they wound up in the ICU for a few weeks, uh, came home, everything was going well. Uh, and one of them did go into cardiac arrest. Uh, mom had to perform CPR on one of the twins. Uh, baby is thriving today. So she contacted me with that story, um, contacted the American Heart Association, and they actually are doing a, a little story on her. That's fantastic. Isn't it? it that's you know, what we, makes this. Yeah. I, you know, I was just going to say, I, you know, you don't, we don't hear a lot about what happens to our patients when they leave our care and then they go into the hospital, Right. Like, right. we never, I mean, not say never, but we do hear it on occasion, um, you know, ex-John Doe uh, survived, you guys brought him back, um, you know, blah, 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 but doesn't happen too often. But when it does, it's super powerful. Um, I think that's a phenomenal story, and I'm sure it makes you feel like you, you know, accomplished your mission, and um, it feels good. Absolutely. Um... And as I'm reading that email from her, you know, of course, the ball of goo comes out, you're crying and snot's coming out of your nose because you're just overwhelmed with the feeling of yeah. knowing that you you helped make a difference. Obviously, she did everything. She's the one that took the initiative to take the class, whether it was with me or somebody else. But to know that what we taught her stuck with her and um, made a difference in her child's life. That's amazing. Awesome story. And, uh, you know, I hope that other, our audience takes that story and, uh, you know, to, we're all first responders here. So, you know, hearing those good stories is kind of a nice change of pace from, uh, you know, what we see in the, in the news. So, um, I'm glad, I'm glad you brought that up. It's a, uh, very powerful, um, awesome story. Um, when you, when you're running your business, uh, we'll kind of switch gears a little bit here. What are you experiencing any kind of common issue with scheduling or uh, if you get mandatory, you know, how do you, how do you navigate all that? Um, so again, early when it was just me, that was difficult. Um, you, you get the call in the morning, 7am, Hey, you're being forced back to work for a 24 hour shift and you got, you know, six people expecting you to be teaching a class in two hours um, at 9 a.m. You know, it's it, it's not not an easy task. Um, fortunately, um, I've had a lot of 
very good experience with clients understanding the schedule and understanding that, Hey, if you're forced back, you're forced back. And I do everything in my power to be like, uh, here, I can offer you this. I can offer you tomorrow morning, get you done. We can uh, do what's called a blended class. You know, it's an American Heart Association course, but you would do some online training first. And then um, I've got an instructor who could come in tonight at six o'clock. They can run you through the other portion of it and you could still get your card today. So I did figure out some different options, but for the most part, people are very understanding that as a civil servant, you're primary job comes first at times. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, there is, there's been a few times that, uh, you know, I'll be at the, I'll be at the station and I'll get a phone call from a client or I'll get a phone call from a prospective client and, you know, I'll hop on, I'll take the call, you know, as long as it's outside of our working hours. Um, and, uh, which is three o'clock for us. And, uh, I I'll take the call, but then there's, there's those times that I'll be in the middle of explaining something and you know, the tones drop and it's like, uh, I didn't finish any of, I didn't finish my thought. I didn't, you know, get to this. I didn't get to that. But like you said, I, you know, as long as you you're up front and you're forward about what you do, I think that the 99% of people understand. And I think that oh, some, absolutely. and I think that some people that are some first responders that own businesses are almost afraid to tell people because they're they're afraid that they're not going to want to work with them because of that schedule. And I, I tried to illustrate to, you know, to other firemen cops that, uh, you know, that own businesses that I talk to, it's, it's not the case. Just tell them, be upfront about it. Absolutely. And one of the things that I've done that has helped me tremendously, um, I'm an I'm an Apple guy. So I've got the me iPhone, too. I got the Mac, <laughs> I got the Apple Watch. My, I fought my wife on getting that Apple Watch something fierce. I'm like, I got a Fitbit. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Once I got that Apple Watch, it was a game changer as far as like any call that comes in, you got those pre-written messages and you could just write in there, um, you know, I'm sorry I missed your call. Uh, I'm either on duty and on an emergency call, or I'm teaching a class right now. All you have to do is look at your watch, hit that message button, boom, it goes to the client, and they at least got an immediate response from you. Obviously, if you're, you know, asses and elbows in a cardiac arrest or yeah. a fire or whatnot, obviously, you're not going to be answering in any way, shape, or form like that. But, you know, you're riding back step to a a call, your phone rings, you know, you look at your watch, you hit the button and boom, your client has a, a quick message from you. And, you know, it works throughout the day. You're in, you're in a class, whatever you're doing, it's a quick, easy way to give that client that information that, Hey, you are a fireman, you're a cop, whatever. And you are busy running um, a call or, or whatever, but you'll get back to them as soon as possible. Right. Yeah. that that's an awesome tip. Um, I, didn't even think of that. And I have, I have an Apple watch. I'm, I'm an Apple, Apple nerd myself. Um, but, uh, no, that's an awesome tip. And that's what this is about, right? Like we, I want to make sure that every, you know, other entrepreneurs that are first responders hear these types of things because you never know how, how it can impact somebody. It's like, Oh my God, just a simple tip like that. I had no idea about, and I love Apple stuff. You know, I, I see the, the uh um you know 
call right back or you know the the pre uh right right the pre record the, 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 the canned response yes the pre yeah yeah so i see and those you can change I, those yeah never know so yeah. you learn something new every day um i think my wife was the one that told me that oh I, yeah i <laughs> she she's the she's the techie so she always is uh okay telling me different things that we could do so sure um, no it's a great tip um why why did you start your business so again it, it started off so i i've been a cpr instructor for the village of glenview for uh 16 years i think 16 or 17 years okay. um because we train our own so most fire departments yeah. as far as i know train their own yep. um so like i was saying before you know we're typically not going to go into a firehouse we actually just went into a police station not long ago, but that's the only civil servant that we've ever trained. But anyways, we're training our own, right? So knew I was a BLS instructor. My brother owns a construction company and he's like, I need first aid CPR training. You know anybody? I was like, I could ask around. I know I could teach BLS, you know, the medical side mm -hmm. and talk to my uh, training center. And they're like, you could teach layperson CPR. You you supersede that training, so you could teach it. I was like, oh, okay. So I taught him, and mm -hmm. like I said, it 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 from there it just kept going, and the the feeling of accomplishment of having people feel empowered to have this training is what started propelling me to want to teach more and more. Um, because it, it, if it if it honestly if it weren't for me already having a full time job, the CPR company would have never taken off because it's such a slow progression. It it is a slow progression to get it off. You're not gonna have a booming business right away. I don't know who does right. No, um, but with our careers, you know, it does allow a little bit more flexibility uh, on your days off to do something else that you also enjoy and uh, build that into yours. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, there's, you know, people start businesses for a number of different reasons. And, you know, whether that's financial, whether that's fulfilling something that they've had a desire to, to do in their lives. Um, you know, I think that, like you said, a lot with our schedules, it is, it, it allows us to do things that most people can't that work nine to five jobs. Now, granted, we also get the back end of that where we might get a minute. We, we might get forced back. We may, you know, we might be up all damn night in the middle of the <laughs> night and, and then we got to come home and now I got to, and now I got to run my business all day. Yes. That, that does make for a challenge. Uh, but again, uh, as far as, this uh business is concerned it it's not a lot of i guess um physical demand so like mm -hmm. if, if i was up all night i had a hard night um and i come in and teach a class you know it's three hours three to four hours and then i know i can relax um so as far as the business i'm in it can be um it can work with the schedule or even if you do get your butt kicked 
mm-hmm. you know you know you're going to be able to take a little nap in the afternoon right absolutely um, obviously there are some days where you're going to be teaching an 8 hour class and things are a little bit rougher <laughs> after a rough night but you try you try and be smart about your scheduling right absolutely uh, i think that's something that i struggled with to begin with uh, you know when i first started uh, when i first started my marketing agency we i i was just overwhelmed with all of the tasks that i had to do the the phone calls i had to make catching up with emails catching up with text messages then i had fire high because i'm i'm still very involved at at the department i'm still on numerous committees uh, pension you know blah 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 and you know it became a lot and i also helped run project fire buddies so it i have all of these different things coming at me at once and then it, it just like you said it time is it, it was tough and uh, i mean it still is sometimes but i think scheduling is a huge huge must for people that own a business that also have another job you know like a fireman or a police officer um because if you don't i think you're going to get into the position that i was in where you're running around scrambling trying to figure all these things out in a short amount of time and you end up doing yourself and your and your clients and your potential clients a disservice at that point in time because now you can't give them the attention that they that they need and deserve Right. Right. I mean, with me, it's, it's classes. So there's a Mm -hmm. definite schedule, but you know, somebody, I I guess, take a bricklayer. I mean, they have to make sure that they are, um, they're doing it in an appropriate amount of time because obviously the client wants it finished in a timely fashion, uh, when promised, but they do also have to make sure that they stay healthy and don't run themselves into the ground. right? Right. Um, you're you're absolutely right you need to make sure that you have good time management um again my wife was my wife was a big instrument in helping this become successful so like when it came to designing the website i didn't have to worry about that she did it all Mm -hmm. Um, she does a lot of the uh, back office stuff for me um she's given me not given me (laughs) i guess that's a bad way of putting it but she she's kind of taken a step back because her business now is starting to really boom so i've had to um, do a little bit more but she got it so self-running on that Mm -hmm. back office side it is super easy for me compared to the the initials but uh, friends and family having their support is i think huge Um, i agree you know they're going to be your biggest advocate um, yeah, I agree. Hopefully, help help propel you. Yeah, whether it's help, like you said, helping helping out on the back end, um, accounting, back office, whatever. Um, it, it's a huge help, and they, like you said, they propel you forward. They, they're they want to advertise for your business. They want to put it out on social media. They want to do these things for you, um, friends and family. That is, and even coworkers. Right. Like I'm, I'm, I'm hoping, and I'm sure that you got business from, uh, from guys like Glenview or, or neighboring oh, departments. Absolutely. And uh, I mean, it's a huge, we have a huge referral network just in the fire service. I mean, how many times do you go to the firehouse and you're like, Hey man, do you know a carpenter? Yeah, I got a carpenter. 
or I used to do yeah. it. Or, hey, do you got an electrician? Hey, do you got a plumber? That's, you know, it's table talk at the firehouse at the kitchen table. And everyone knows somebody in that particular industry. <laughs> so utilizing those, you know, utilizing them is is something that uh, any business owner in this field should should do. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and, and again, with, with me, I know it's a simple, it's, it's really is a simple skill, what mm -hmm. my business is. And with all the train, train, the trainers that we already have implemented in all these apartments, it's, it's nice for me to be, Hey, you know, I, I need an instructor for this day. You know, I'm going to find somebody throughout my network of fire front, fireman friends. So, oh, um, gotcha. but, but yeah, and, and but like you said, other businesses, you know, you need somebody to work on your HVAC. I know I have a guy. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, it, 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 there's always a guy, right? Absolutely, absolutely. Um, and so we one have washes the other. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. Referrals are um, huge, no matter what industry you're in. Um, and I always, I always push them. You know, for anybody that I talk to, hey, ask ask your network. You know, are, are there any referrals that that you know you can get from you know anybody in your network? I mean, referrals carry so much value, um, and I found them to be valuable. Just you know, asking asking anybody, hey man, you know, is anybody looking for X, Y, and Z? Yeah, I, I think I, I think I know a guy. Sweet, you know, because it's not a cold introduction at that point. It's more right. of a warm introduction, and if it's coming from another a mutual friend or or a mutual or a family member, it it goes. I think it goes a lot better and a lot easier the conversation that you might have with that particular or that potential client versus anything cold. So um, I definitely definitely recommend doing that. Um, so we have a. What we do with Height, for example, um, my marketing agency, is we all are committed to something, and we try to make that commitment when we, you know, bring people on. And one of the things that I like to do, or I like to ask people, is is what they're committed to. It's kind of a deep question, um, but like I, when I started, I made the commitment to or I have a commitment to um, servitude and live in making a positive impact. And I carry that commitment in everything that I do, whether it's firehouse, whether it's marketing agency, whether it's project fire buddies, you know, any one of those things. And I feel that some people that can declare a commitment or that can say, Hey, you know, I have a commitment to do X, Y, and Z, and they stick to it it seems like those people are pretty successful. Um, have you ever thought about what you're committed to or, or actually writing it down on a piece of paper? Uh, no, I have not. No, I have not. I mean, I, I do know that. Um, so prior to becoming a fireman, I was in construction. I crushed concrete, made big ones and the little ones. Mm -hmm. um, but I, on a, I wouldn't say a regular basis, but anytime, let's say there was, um, we'd go up to Wisconsin quite often when I was younger. And, you know, there's a time where car was off down the, in the ditch, snowmobiles were off of the trailer, you know, 
it was my impulse to stop, you know, see if there's anything that you could do. Um, I've always had some kind of drive to help people who are in need. Um, I mean, I came from a very poor upbringing. Um, at one point, I lived in a Salvation Army shelter with my mother. Um, so, I mean, I understand the need for people to get help. And it, again, um, makes me feel really good and that I've um, accomplished something by empowering somebody else to be able to help themselves. You know what I mean? Does that yeah. make sense? Yeah, absolutely um, makes sense. So um, it, it sounds weird. Um, no. But it, it, in general, that that's what I think I've recognized over my life is you know wanting to help people who want to help themselves kind of thing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, so, yeah, I, I don't know how to explain it. No, it I, that makes sense. <laughs> I really don't. Makes it's a deep question. So, and that's very few people actually, unless they were part of a a, a coaching group or a, or a mastermind or you know, something along those lines, where it's brought up in formality, um, saying, "Hey, you should you should do this." And and look at it every once in a while, write it down on a post-it note and, you know, put it on the back of your desk or, you know, somewhere where you're going to see it every once in a while and read it. And not a lot of people obviously have been exposed to that or have been asked that question. So it's okay to give, to give a, a response that isn't so, that isn't written out, I guess you could say, um, right. you know, but you, I mean, I thought you, you're sounded absolutely great. Um, and it, it just goes to show you that you had a a poor upbringing and look where you're at today. You know, I, I would say you're, you're a successful person. You have a, you have a successful business. You're a, you're a career fireman at a, in a good department, you know? So, you know, I, there's, there's a ton of inspiration there. So if there is somebody that's, that's, down in the dumps about their their upbringing or where they're at in life right now, you're just another example of six of someone succeeding. Right, and 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 I I, I do agree with you, um, but I do have to. Um, what's what's where I'm trying to give props or you know really say it was a lot of family mm-hmm. and some really good friends who. Um, we're really the backbone of things happening for me. You know what I mean? Yes, I was there. I, it wasn't just given to me by no means. So mm-hmm. don't get me wrong on that. But um, definitely having people believe in you and understand your values and what you are trying to accomplish um, definitely helps. Um, yeah. Um, I, I would be nowhere without, especially my family. So. Good, 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 good. We all we all need those people in our lives, and um, it's 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 awesome to hear that uh, they were a huge part of your success. That's for sure. Um, how's uh? So you you work in Glenview? Let's uh, talk about the fire service a little bit. Um, <laughs> so how how long uh, you been in Glenview? 
21 years, three weeks. 21 years, <laughs> three weeks. All right. So today's the 25th, right? What's uh -huh. Yeah, today's 21st. Oh, 21st. Still almost three weeks. Okay. The, guy, sure. the guys bust my chops because I do, I do have a set date that I want to retire. Um, okay. So the guys Is do it? bust my chops about that. <laughs> uh, how many how many are you looking to put in or if you don't want to say that's okay 22 years next june 22 years yeah. awesome very cool did you work in did you work anywhere else before glenview so prior to glenview i worked for york center fire protection district as a part-time paid on call um they were definitely instrumental in propelling me into wanting to pursue it as a career the guys there are phenomenal um always trying to uh, give you the next step to become a better fireman you know okay so you you do your academy you get the basics down you know so much time goes by you should start looking into doing this so much time goes by you should start doing this um, they helped me get through paramedic school which glenview is one of the few that does not require you to have your paramedicine or your fire too what is it is it advanced firefighter now uh bof yeah basic, no, basic far, firefighter yeah basic so, operations firefighter is that what it is mm -hmm. that's the, the new terminology okay so to me it's that's, fire your, that's your fire too <laughs> yeah yep uh but they don't require you to have anything but you know a ged so they're willing to you know go out on a limb and um uh, yeah. find the best candidate through um their, their testing process where mm -hmm. maybe that person has not had the chance to go through those courses yet, but they're a good candidate to become a fireman. So um, I do love that about Glenview um, opening up that, those doors. Um, but I do understand the other side where departments do require you to be a paramedic. You know, maybe their thought process is that they want you to invest some time in yourself to show your commitment before you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I, I yeah. see both sides of it. Sure. Um, but um, anyways, uh, York Center did help me go through paramedic school. And actually, I was supposed to be taking my paramedicine practical and final exam the day the academy started for Glenview. <laughs> and I talked to my instructor and he's like, I talked to him the week before. And he's like, just come in on Friday. We'll put you through everything. You'll start the academy on Monday. You'll be done. So that's um, awesome. He was a great instructor over there at CDH. Awesome. Yeah, you. Uh, I, I noticed a while ago that you guys had that. You didn't have any requirements. I obviously saw it when I was testing, and uh, you know, one of my buddies that used to work uh, used to work with you guys, who is now with Orlin. Um, you know, he. I'm pretty sure that you guys put him through medic school because he did the fire academy with me, and then uh, you know, when he said that they were you guys were putting them through medic school. I think that's where he went. Um, right. Yeah. I was like, wow. I'm like it. And cause you don't really see it too often on, at least on the South side, just cause you know, the, it's either whether the department, like one of the two reasons that you just said, or, you know, typically, you know, the department doesn't have the, um, the finances to, to send somebody to medic school and then pay, you know, why they're there, pay them why they're at practicals, um, you know, clinical time, all that good stuff. So um, right. I think, I think that now in the, in the employment climate that we're in now, it seems as if 
we're you're seeing more of that now where they're not requiring medic they're not requiring being a firefighter just because they can't get people to get to come in a test because you're going backwards i'm not looking to test so right 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 i have no idea what these requirements are um so i find out from people such as yourself who um might have friends i mean yeah i i don't look into testing requirements besides our own um yeah but every once in a while i think it's um downers groves secretary sends out notifications um so i do look at some of those like because i got nephews who are the right age to enter the fire service okay so i'll shoot i'll shoot it out to them if i see that the requirements don't require anything but um i i I personally haven't seen a lot of change so uh but that's awesome because again i i do think that you're able to open it up and um get a bigger pool to pull from and find that candidate who again just might not have had the chance to go through these or you know they're in the middle of their emtb right now you know what i mean yeah um absolutely so all right well i just wanted to let's uh we'll finish up here um where can people find out about your business um or yourself they need to get in contact with you uh we do have a website downersgrovecpr.com um, on there, you'll be able to find all the different classes that we do offer. Um, a little bit about our AED sales. Um, and right now, you'd have to contact me and talk to me about the first aid and stop the bleed type uh, equipment that we have to offer. <clears throat> but most of our classes, as far as the CPR classes are concerned, all that information is on that website. Awesome. Well, Dave, thank you so much again for taking time out of your busy schedule, uh, you know, to hop on. Um, I hope that someone finds some inspiration, um, you know, from hearing your story and um, including your Apple Watch tip. Um, but uh, <laughs> it was a pleasure having you on, and you know, hopefully, we'll uh, we'll talk again in the future. All of your uh, social media links, your website, everything will be in the show notes for people to click on um, if they so wish. Um, other than that, uh, thanks for having, thanks for coming on and hopefully we'll talk soon. Thank you for listening to the first two entrepreneurs podcast. If you like our show, please hit that subscribe button below and leave a five-star review. If you're a first responder that also runs a business or maybe you're looking to start a business, check out our Facebook group for tips. Thank you again for listening and we'll see you on the next episode.